Welcome to another message from C3 Mumbai. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. I'm going to get into my sermon. We're, we're, we've, we've been uh, doing a series which is based on the values that we've uh, of our church and what we're about and what we're trying to achieve here and what we feel God is leading us to do. And today I'm talking about love. Um, and I, I think uh, this is probably the key to it all. Love is what it all comes down to and what it's all, what it's all central. Everything actually comes out of this. And um, I, I guess um, I could probably, I mean, I have done series, whole series on what the love of Christ means, and maybe we'll do that later on. I, I've got a certain direction. I'm going to take this subject today. Um, and I'm going to base it out of a scripture in um, John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35. Um, let's read this. This is Jesus uh, speaking and it's recorded by uh, a guy called John. Um, and, uh, you know, as you might know, just for those of you who don't, um, there was four different uh, people that recorded what Jesus did when he was walking on earth as he was in his physical, uh, you know, physical body. Yeah, body, that, that would be the word. And uh, John was one of these people that recorded this. And so he went to great lengths to make sure that it was recorded accurately, that what Jesus said and did was, um, was, was put down and truthful and historically correct. He went to many different sources and all of those sorts of things. And this is one of the things that they recorded that Jesus said. Jesus says this, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Let's read that again. A new command I give you, love one another. Okay, got that. That's cool. How? How do we love one another? Well, Jesus says, as I have loved you. You must. So you must love one another. That's a big statement. Because at the time when Jesus said that, um, he hadn't yet hung on the cross. He wasn't yet resurrected. He wasn't yet beaten, bloody, black and blue for our sins. He wasn't yet. The disciples didn't know at that point the length of the love that Christ had. And when you think about this, it's kind of a little bit confronting to think that this Jesus loved us so much that he went to the cross. I mean, that's amazing. He went to the cross he took our sins upon himself and he died the death that we were meant to die because of sin. And then he rose again because he's God and he said, come follow me into the resurrection. Your sins are paid for, just come follow me. And uh, I don't know about you, but I don't have any trouble receiving that love. I love that. Jesus died for me. And I, I, I think any human being you talk to, regardless of their re religion, traditions, whatever, when you talk about this love of this God 
who came and did this for us, even though we hadn't asked for it, happy to receive it. Happy to receive it. But then he says something that makes me uncomfortable and probably might make you uncomfortable too because he says, as I've loved you, love each other. Ah, what, you want me to go and hang on a cross for someone? You want me to go and give up my life for someone? Oh, I know you're a loving God. I'd prefer to keep you there. I'll receive your love, but I don't give your love. Oh, that's another story. Now, it's interesting that Jesus said this because of all the things he could have said, he says this. I mean, he's giving a command. Okay, now let me just talk about that for a moment. A command. Why is that important? Well, the only person that had said anything about commandments of God before Christ was who? A guy called Moses. Oh, my thing fell off. It's okay. It's, uh, can't go any further now. Um, uh, Moses, right? And Moses had given what we now call, who knows what, what, what Moses came down, he came down a mountain with two tablets, on those tablets were the, the Ten Commandments. And uh, in Judaism, in the Jewish culture, in the Jewish religion, Moses was the patriarch, he was the guy who came and gave the law. Nobody messed with that, you don't, you don't, mess, with, you don't mess with the people who give the law. It would be sacrilegious, right? It'd be like almost someone coming in and trying to fiddle with the constitution of a nation. Imagine if someone just says, I've got the right to, to change up the constitution of India. There would be some people that would probably say some things. And you may, may cause a bit of a revolt, right? So here's Jesus saying, I'm giving you a new command. Everyone would have been like, what? Who is this guy? Either, and, 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 and it's said that this Jesus... He was either crazy or he was God. And it's up to us to figure out which one. I believe he was God. You don't say these sorts of things unless you're God. A new commandment on top of all of these commandments. Basically what Jesus is saying is all those other commandments don't matter. This one does. There was a new sheriff in town. And this sheriff, this God, this Jesus, brought everything down to love. Amazing. But of all the things he could have said, he could have said, you know, what it would be awesome for you guys to prove that I'm real, to prove that I exist, to prove that the resurrection did happen, to prove that, that the Holy Spirit has filled you and He is alive in you. You know, you need to go and, you, as I'm successful, you go be successful. That, that'll give a great message for the gospel. That'll give a great message for, for, for what you believe in or as 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 as. as you know, you go about your business, get really, really rich and be really, really powerful for the sake of the gospel. Get famous, you know, go, go. You know, I want you to get really, really, really famous so that you can have that moment where everybody's looking at you and you can say, it's because of Jesus. And that's awesome if you do. That's awesome if you do. That's awesome. Thanks, man. That's awesome. But let me tell you something. That's not what Jesus said. It's not what Jesus said. Nothing wrong with being famous. Nothing wrong with being, with being a celebrity. It's all good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, don't take me to say something that I'm not. It's good to be famous. But that is not what Jesus called us to do. 
okay? It might be your calling, but that is not the principal calling of our lives. He didn't, he didn't say, okay, uh, I, I, I want you to be so morally good that everybody looks at you and goes, wow, if only I could be like them. You know, but we, 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 we've made it a little bit like we should be, you know, so morally good that everyone looks at us and goes, wow, you know, that Jesus, he must be real because, they're, well, I mean, look at their lives and look at mine. You know, you know what I mean? Uh, let me tell you something, that's a really, really hard card to hold up because every now and again, I mess up, do you? And uh, my morally good card, it just is, it's like a red card. It's like, <laughs> he ain't morally good. He's messed up there, over there. You know, there's some things going on in his world that, you know, well, <laughs> if only you knew, right? That's not what Jesus told us to do. All he said was, as I've loved you, love each other. Of all the things he could have said, of all the commandments He could have given, that in my mind, and maybe in yours, if you think about this, could have been better than love. Because love kind of just seems like, I mean, this nascent kind of, sort of, you know, abstract thought. So, so when He says this, you know, love one another, as I've loved you. I, I mean, what we can tend to do is, and take that as a cliche, I mean, who's heard that before, Right? You've heard that before, okay, all right, all right, that's what I need to do, that's, that's, that's what I need to do, I need to love people like Christ has loved me, and we go, mm-hmm, okay, okay, that's awesome, I'm going to do that, okay, but, okay, it, it, it seems really simplistic, and it seems kind of cliche, until the moment comes when you've actually got someone in your world whom to love them means giving up yourself. It's what he said, right? As I've loved you, love each other. What did Jesus do? Well, he gave up himself for us. Now, it's, yeah, it seems like easy until you think about all of the stuff of your life, all your busyness, all your work, all of your responsibilities, all of your entitlements, all of your things. And here's Jesus saying, love one another as I've loved you. What he's basically asking you to do is saying, he's asking you to give up your life for another person. Now, I don't know about you, but that makes me a little nervous because I like my time. I like my work. I like my stuff. Am I alone in that? I'm pretty selfish about me. I'm pretty guarded about my little world that I've got going on, me and my family. I'm pretty guarded about that. But this thought of releasing it for the sake of another person, well, that's challenging. That requires some faith. So there was a few other areas where it's recorded where Jesus talked about love. One of the other areas was, was in the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, this is an interesting story. A Samaritan was a person that had a very similar um, uh, religion to Judaism, except it was kind of different. And the Jews and the Samaritans would kind of fight over who's right. It's like almost like, you know, you have the same religion, but you have two sects. 
that, that, that fight and, uh, you know, they're saying they're right and they're saying they're right and normally there's some sort of conflict in between and they're fighting over a particular area that they say is theirs. You know, that's, that was going, what was going on with these Samaritans. So Jesus, he's talking to some Jewish people, okay? He's talking to some Jewish people. And uh, let's go to it. It's in Luke chapter 10. And uh, it's 25. And we're going to read right through to verse uh, 37. So on, the, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal, eternal life? What is written in the law? He replied. Jesus replied to this teacher or to this, uh, to this expert in the law. He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. So this teacher of the law, he knew what he was talking about. He had some expert law kind of advice to give Jesus. He was going to tell Jesus what's up, okay? You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you'll live. All right? You think it's so simple. Oh, all I have to do is that? Try doing it. Try doing it. You'll fail. You need Jesus to do this. Let me tell you, you need Christ in your world to really do this. And Jesus knew that. He was calling him to faith. This expert of the law thought, oh yeah, I can actually do that. Yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. It ain't easy. But this law expert wanted to justify himself so he asked Jesus and who is my neighbor in reply Jesus said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers they stripped him of his clothes beat him went away leaving him half dead a priest okay a priest happened to be going down the same road when he saw the man he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, who was a very important person within the Jewish tradition. A Levite is like the, I mean, if you talk about the Brahmins, he's like at the top of his thing, okay, culturally. A Levite, um, when, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side, okay? But a Samaritan, Everyone's like, oh, Samaritan, he's going to be the naughty one. He's going to go and beat him up some more or something. He's going to do something wrong. As he traveled, came to where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his, don on his own donkey. He brought him to an inn and took care of him. Then the next day, he took out two denarii, which is probably about 10,000 rupees in today's money, okay, and gave them to the innkeeper and said, look after him, he said, and I, when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robber? This is the question Jesus is ask, asking. Which of these three men was a neighbor? Now, who knows the answer to that? All of them were neighbors, right? But there was, no, and, and this is what the, the expert in the law, he replies, well, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus tells him, go and do likewise. Now, let's just think about this for a moment, this parable. See, the parables, what you've got to understand, if you don't unpack them, you'll miss what Jesus was trying to say. 
Okay? He deliberately spoke in parables to make you think so that you would learn. That's why when you read the Bible sometimes, you don't understand what's going on. You're like, what is going on? I don't understand what's going on. It's deliberately like that to make you think because when you get the answer, it sticks in your head. Okay? And Jesus constantly did this. He spoke in parables to help people to understand what he was talking about. Let's think about this in terms of love. So let's go to, in verse 34, it says, He went to him, he bandaged his wounds. He bandaged his wounds. He was intimately involved. He was intimately involved. Now this is, this is talking about love, right? We're talking about love. This is the standard in which Christ gives us. First thing, he didn't just kind of like his wounds. He's a bleeding man. He's intimately involved all of a sudden in this person's world. All right? Then, then it says that he, uh, he poured, on oil, poured on oil and wine to kind of you know, make the wounds not get infected. Then he put the man on his own donkey. He was inconvenienced. He was inconvenienced. Right? So first we've got him intimately involved. Second, we've got him inconvenienced. Like, you understand what it means by he put him on his own donkey. So he put this guy on his donkey and he walked, right? And uh, they didn't have nice cars back then, but I'm telling you, it would have been a nice donkey, okay? It would have been a good donkey. And he put himself out in order to help this fellow, okay? Uh, then it says that he brought him to an inn and took care of him. He took care of him. He took responsibility for him. He took responsibility for him. You know what happens in church life sometimes? We get so caught up in the institution of the church that when someone comes into the place of worship that may need... And uh, let me tell you something. A church is a place where people with needs come. Sometimes we get so institutionalized in the church that a person comes in and we look at them and see that they have needs, but we say it's someone else's job or the church will do it. And we miss it. We miss it. We miss the mark. We miss the point of why Jesus brought them here. See, this Samaritan took responsibility. He didn't say, oh, this is someone else's job. He said, this is mine. If I don't care for this person, who will? Right? He, res he assumed responsibility. And then fourth, he puts him in the inn. Okay, he takes out two denarii, about 10,000 rupees, gives it to the innkeeper. Okay, this is a deposit for what's about to go on. If there's any extra costs, I'm coming back, I'm coming back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort you out, but please, just use any of this 10,000 rupees for this guy. He needs to be okay. He took the cost, the physical monetary cost of looking after this person upon himself. Upon himself. So this is the standard that Jesus is giving. Right? He was inconvenienced. He was intimately involved. He took care of him and he bared the cost. I'm going to say that again. He was inconvenienced. He was intimately involved. 
He took care of him and he bared the cost. Can you see something in this story? Can you see something in this? Now let's just go back to the first scripture that I said. As I have loved you, love one another. Did you know that for us and our wounds, the wounds of sin, the state that we've got ourselves into as, a, as humanity, as individuals, look at the world. Look at the systems of this world. Look at the way it's heading. This world is in need. You know who got intimately involved and put himself out for our wounds? Jesus. As I have loved you, love one another. He was inconvenienced. I think it was an inconvenience for Christ to give up his life on the cross for you and I. If you read the record, it's heartbreaking to see what Jesus went through. It's heartbreaking to see God himself put himself in a place at the, at the mercy of, of, of cruel and horrible men and women who put him on that cross, beat him into submission, beat him into a place where he was barely alive hanging on the cross. I think it was an inconvenience. He says, as I've loved you, love one another. He took care of him in the end. He took care of him. He, he re- assumed responsibility. You know, when Christ saw us and the state we are in, he sees the fact that we live for a little while and then die because of sin. That's the reason why we die. We get eternally separated from the, from the Almighty, from, from this God who created us, our Father. We get separated forever and it's over. He saw that. He said, if I don't help them, nobody else is going to. And he assumed responsibility for us so that we could have life and so we could join in oneness again and be within our Father's house in heaven and enjoy what we were born to enjoy. And that is communion with God. He bared the cost. Jesus bared the cost and the cost was high. It cost him everything cost of his life as I have loved you love one another this kind of love is the kind of love that changes the world why did Jesus say that of all the things that he could have said He said it because this love that Jesus is talking about changes everything. Everything. And I know something, that this kind of love is only possible with a God that you can trust. The God that you can really know that he's there and he's got your back. Because what he requires of us is something so big. 
something so huge. I mean, what he's really asking when he says, go and love someone as I am loved you, he's saying, give yourself up for another. And this is huge because most of us, we don't mind giving ourselves up for a cause as long as we are the center of it. As long as we are the chief recipients, I'll give myself up for my career, no problem. But I want something out of it. I'll give myself up for my family, no problems, because I want people to see how good I am at being who I am. I'll give myself up for, for, for whatever it is that we try to give ourselves up. But if you really, 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 really think about it, and I, I, I know this is, a, this is something, I'm not, I'm not getting all preachy and judgy on you because I know I'm challenged by this. If you really look at it, most of the time we'll find ourselves right in the center of our sacrifice. And what Jesus is saying is, Give yourself up. This sacrifice, you're not the center of it. Your neighbor is. Now, I'm telling you something. When you talk about faith, that requires faith. When you talk about trust, that requires trust. When you talk about this God who wants to have a relationship with us, I'm telling you something. You need that kind of relationship where you can know that this God has got you and it's all going to be okay because as you give yourself up for Him and walk towards Him, you can know that He has got you and it's all going to be okay. You know, you've got to understand something. When Jesus said, as I've loved you, go and love someone else. What he was trying to do, and it's just genius. I mean, it's only God that could have come up with this. What he was trying to do was set us free from the bondage. Set us free from the one thing. Set us free from the stuff of ourselves the one thing that can actually hold us back from the purposes of God for our lives. And what he was trying to do was he was trying to set us free from this courage that we carry that will actually only restrict us from what God was wanting to take us into. He was trying to set us free from baggage that we think is helping us, but it's not. It's actually just chaining us to this earth, to this physical realm, which will all disappear one day which we give our lives into. We put, our, we put our, you know, our treasure into the soil and we sow with those seeds of our time and our money and our effort and all of those sorts of things into a life that one day will not really matter. When the fire comes, when the time comes, when it all gets tested, when God says that which is worthy will stay and that which is not will burn. And we give ourselves into, he's trying to set us free from something. Let me tell you what that something is. When he said, as I have loved you, go and love another person. He's trying to set you free from you. Let me tell you something. There is a journey waiting for you. That you have been created for. 
but you can't take yourself. You give yourself and your will to Him and trust Him. It's like when you, <laughs> who's flown a kite, you know, when there's no wind. No matter what you do, and you try all sorts of little tricks, you try to pull the string fast so it goes up in the air and it, and it just falls down really fast. Or you, you, know, you try and run and it just sort of drags on the floor. <laughs> you know? like, and this thing's just like, and it's getting all torn and the, the, the kite that your mum or dad bought you or your uncle, your favourite uncle bought you, is just like you're wrecking it and you're like getting all stressed out, right? It's kind of what happens for people who try to come into this fold and try to come into God's family and try to keep themselves and keep all of their stuff. Kite will never fly. It will never fly. It'll always be a struggle. It'll always come down. Because this life that we live with Christ is, is a selfless life, is where we give ourselves away, where we die. Baptism, you know, you talk about baptism. Baptism is all about death and resurrection where we die to ourselves and rise again in Christ free of the things that will hold us back and what will hold us back more than anything else will be us so when Jesus is saying go and love someone as I have loved you what he's essentially doing is trying to set you free from the one thing that will hold you back he's trying to bring us into ultimate freedom that's what he's trying to do. We, we, we as human beings, we just want to settle somewhere, right? I mean, uh, and, and it's like a trick that the, the devil tries to trick us into. It's like, no, no, you need to, you've got a destination you've got to get to. And that's going to be where you're going to settle when you've got this in order and that in order and this happening and that going on. And you're going to be sorted. You just need to get there, Right? Give everything up for that. No, 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 no. I mean, you can go and enjoy all of the, you know, it's a good vibes in here. It's amazing. You know, you can enjoy all of that stuff, but don't give yourself up. No, no, don't give yourself up because you'll never actually achieve what you were born to do. And he lies into our ear where Jesus is standing on the other side and saying, trust me, love your neighbor as yourself. Do for them what I would do for you. Do for them what I've done for you. Give yourself up. Give yourself up. Give yourself up. And you know, we can talk about this in sort of an abstract, kind of big picture form, but when it comes down to, for me as a husband, for me as a dad, for me as a pastor, for you as an individual, for you as a career person, for you as a husband, for you as a wife, for you as a son, for you as a daughter, for you as a Mumbaiker in a city with so much need, to give yourself up, it's going to cost you everything. But the one thing you will get in return is the life you were created for. Do you trust Jesus? 
do you really trust him? Because let me tell you something, you got it because it will cost you everything. Everything. To love another as yourself. And I, I, I know it's a challenge, you know, for me as a husband. I, man, I, I struggle with it. Give myself up. I don't want to give myself up. For my children, <laughs> I prefer to read. I'll be honest with you. I'm challenged by that. I love my kids. I love spending time with them. But I have this selfishness in me. I've got my little Kindle. I, my daughter wants to talk to me, right? Shh. Oof. I feel the, the heat of heaven upon me when I do that. I really do. Just like, give yourself up, Ryan. And trust me. And, and, and it happens in, 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 in the big and small aspects of our lives. It's like with Jesus, there's no way you can get out of it. It's really annoying. <laughs> you know, with religion, you can do a few things. You just go and, you know, put the thing there and do that and, you know, this and that and whatever. And it's like, oh, I'm covered. It's all good. Huh? Doesn't see my junk. Doesn't. No, he does. <laughs> he does. You can't get out of it. This is the thing with Jesus. You cannot get out of it. But as you know that and trust him, this loving God who gave himself up for you, he's going to lead you into freedom. He's going to lead you out of the one thing that will steal your destiny and that is, that is your own will. But it'll cost you something. But it's worth it. Amen. C3 Mumbai is a church in the heart of India's commercial capital, where a diverse group of people brought together to worship God and to pass on the hope of salvation by grace that we freely received. For more information about C3 Mumbai, please visit our website c3mumbai.com or visit our Facebook page. Follow us on Instagram or tweet us on our handle at C3 Mumbai. Hey, it's Ryan here. If you enjoyed this message and you live in Mumbai, we would love to meet you in person. Why don't you come along 11.30 a.m. Studio 10 at Famous Studios in Mahalakshmi.